This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. All right, in today's episode, I talk with Cynthia Diamore, and I'm going to introduce Cynthia in a moment, but what I loved about this interview, it's on the topic of networking, which we talk about a lot on the show, and there's stuff all over our website on networking, but Cynthia broke it down in a way that just made it, I don't want to say easy, but simple. Like she gave very strategic steps of things that you can do, number one, to get more involved in professional associations, but then also to improve your networking skills to leverage the association work. And she has this dynamite approach that she talks about in the episode and in the Take Action Today segment as well of how you can like loop your company into the association work. It's really, really interesting. So I'm excited to share this interview with you. Before we get into the interview with Cynthia, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. They are helping tomorrow's leaders achieve licensure exam success. And just be sure to make sure you listen up at the end of this podcast to hear my advice on a super practical way you can advance in your career. Thanks to PPI, I also have an exclusive 20% discount available only to listeners of this podcast. So stay tuned for that. I also want to take a moment to tell you about our new engineering management accelerator workshop, which you can find at engineertomanager.com. For almost 10 years now, we've been trying to figure out how to help engineers become more effective engineering managers, and I believe we finally figured out how, and it comes down to three words, intensity, focus, and accountability. And if you enroll in our Engineering Management Accelerator workshop, you will experience all three. I'm going to tell you more about the program at the end of the show as we are enrolling engineers for our next session right now at engineertomanager.com. All right, so now let me introduce our guest so you get to learn a little bit more about her before we dive into the interview here. Cynthia Diamore, MBA, president of People Power Unlimited and author of The Lazy Leader's Guide to Outrageous Results, is no stranger to developing powerful leaders. She has served more than 67 total years of boards and recruited more than 450 members. A certified teacher with a degree in marketing, Cynthia has been an award-winning manager for Macy's Department Store, as well as a nationally recognized 8th grade history teacher. 20 years ago, Cynthia shifted her focus to teaching adults a relationship-based approach to leadership, and that's what we're going to get into with the networking. And since she made that decision, she's trained and coached tens of thousands of executives and association leaders. All right, so now to bring us into the interview with Cynthia, let me give you a quote from Troy Vincent. I encourage everyone out there to get involved. That's what this episode's about, getting involved. So now I am thrilled to welcome Cynthia Diamore, president of People Power Unlimited and author of The Lazy Leader's Guide to Outrageous Results to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Welcome, Cynthia. Thanks, Anthony. I'm excited to be here. Definitely excited to talk to Cynthia. She speaks about a lot of topics that are very important to engineers and technical professionals. Cynthia, I already introduced you, but why don't you just give our listeners just a little bit of your own introduction from yourself? Well, you know, I've spent 20 years working with associations and helping them get more members involved. 
And I'm also the author of eight books, including two on networking, which I know we're going to be talking about tonight. So let's jump right in there because associations are huge for engineers in terms of their development. And I preach about that all the time that they need to get involved with them. Why can association involvement help you in your career development? Why can it help you? It's more like, how can it not? <laughs> the key, I mean, seriously, the key is though, is you got to show up. If you just pay dues and you're a paper member, it's not going to help you that much. Make a little of information and that's great. But the magic and the power is in the relationships you make when you show up. And it can introduce you to people who might be new people to hire you. It can help you get problem solved. It can give you a support group. So when the world's going crazy, you can contact these folks and say, I need help. What do I do? There's so many gems and opportunities in associations. You can learn new skills. You know, a lot of times people don't get hired because they don't have experience. And you can volunteer in the association and get some experience and be a trained leader, which makes you more promotable. So there's just tons of things people can get from it. Let's dive into that a bit because you said it perfectly is that you don't want to just be a paper member, which a lot of engineers, unfortunately, are. They get the thing in the mail, they sign up, they give it to their company, and maybe they're lucky to get reimbursed and that's it. How do you get involved? How do you show up? What do you do? What are some steps people can take? Well, you know, the first part is just showing up, period. Physically, go to your local chapter and walk through the door. And for some people, that's the hardest part. Because once you get there, they're going to want you. And if you want to prime it, you can even, if they have a newsletter or something, you can even contact people in advance and say, I'm sort of interested in this and do a pre-conversation if you want to. But basically, it's show up, walk in the door and start talking to people. Yeah, start talking to people, start to build those relationships, small steps. And I think what Cynthia said before is important. I mean, you're actually getting training. You're getting leadership training. If you volunteer on the board, you're going to have to maybe work on an event and you're going to do things that are going to maybe make you a little bit uncomfortable. And we know that that's really what helps people to grow. All of a sudden, you might find yourself in front of a room just introducing a speaker, but that's just a small step for you. And these are things that can really, really help you. And I think the one thing, Cynthia, that is big for engineers to get over is a lot of engineers, especially younger engineers, they have to work. They have to be billable. So they have to do their technical work. And if they take hours out, better be worth it. So I think sometimes they need to justify that in their mind. I think what you need to think about, and Cynthia kind of already alluded to this, is almost everything you do at an association can be valuable as long as you're following up and building relationships. So let's dive into the relationship aspect of associations because I think it's really golden for engineers. A lot of engineers, Cynthia, obviously they're not trained to really do networking and converse with people who are like highly technical and unfortunately spend a lot of the early part of their careers in books. How do you think about building your confidence to be able to go into a room, go into a meeting and have some confidence? So, you know, one thing you can do in advance if it helps you, because I know a lot of times when people are less um, thrilled about meeting folks because they're shy or they're introverted or whatever, is you can even talk to your supervisor about, you know, as a team, identify what you can get out of the association. So then you walk in there with a mission. And a lot of times we walk in with missions where we're not there to network, we're doing the mission. And so it's a little twist in the head. The great thing about it is then when you come back from a meeting, you send your supervisor a note. Here's what I learned or here's what we talked about today or here's some thoughts your supervisor becomes a partner in your involvement in the association, which is wonderful career-wise, but it's also, you know, it can make just that walking in more confidently, more easy to do. So that's one tip that an approach for that. As I said, a lot of the struggle for engineers, is my company going to allow me to do this? I'm taking away time. 
But if you make it kind of this group effort, you have that support, like Cynthia said, where you feel like you're going in there for your company, you're going to accomplish something and you don't have to be nervous about it or anxious about leaving work or worried about, is someone going to see me leave at like five o'clock exactly to go to this networking meeting? And then you can come back, like Cynthia said, and kind of debrief it with your boss or your supervisor and say, listen, we talked about the meeting. There's some big companies there that we may be able to team up with. I had the opportunity to meet with a couple of people from those companies. I got their cards. And now maybe we can talk about some ways that we can follow up with them. You can be really savvy about that too, because you can actually start quantifying the value that you bring back to the company by your involvement in it. So you could set yourself up for even promotion and bonuses and stuff in a really interesting way. If you can actually, you know, people look for the bottom line. That's what companies look for. You know, you worry about billable hours. Well, you go out there and you can make multiple times your billable hours by meeting the right people that then helps the company. It's a win. So one of the things we talk about on the podcast is leveraging your time. It's really important in today's world because everyone's busy. Everyone's trying to be billable. Everyone's trying to meet clients and do everything. And that's what's great about events, whether it's a networking event or a conference, is that you can go somewhere and meet a lot of people at one time, maybe five people, maybe 10 people. And that's leverage because you don't have to go make 20 phone calls to try to meet some people. You're doing it in one time. And if you have a mission, like Cynthia said, you can go in there. You can maybe meet two or three people from a couple of larger firms, let's say, or partnering firms. And then you go back, you follow up with them, and you convert that into business, new business, new projects. You do a proposal with that company because you met them. Then, like Cynthia said, you start to go back to your company. You said, listen, I went to this meeting. I met three people. We ended up turning two projects out of it. So I feel like I need to get more involved with some of these associations. And then you can get more confident. You get a little bit more of a leash. And it can help you to be very successful because of that. And like Cynthia said, people want to see the bottom line. That's the bottom line. An important thing to realize too is that setting it up so that yes, you go, you get them and you meet them and you can share who you're meeting and also realize that not all of them are going to be like one night stands. You know, you don't get in and meet them once and get it. It's going to be developing that relationship. So you can, you take notes on what you've talked about so that you're ready for the next time. You know, you can review these with your supervisor because what you want to be listening for is what's important to other people. And when you want to be really savvy when you're networking this way is you don't want to go in there like you're bloodthirsty or you're desperate because nobody wants that. What can get you farther faster is being truly interested in other people. Find out what's important to them. Find out what they're excited about. One of my favorite questions for starting conversations is asking people what's been going on, what's been exciting and tapping into something that's really positive for them. So it's really being aware of what you're doing in the process that some of them will take multiple exposures to build that relationship. But every time you do, you go deeper, you get become closer, you follow up, you do the emails. And then when it's proposal time, you've got the in because they know you. It's the whole halo effect. And I think what Cynthia said that I really want to reemphasize is that this takes consistency and you have to do this over and over. You're not going to go to one networking event and turn it into you know, five engineering projects, right? So you need to follow up. You need to be consistent. And what I always tell engineers, Cynthia, is networking is not about collecting business cards. It's about what you do after that. Because a lot of engineers that I meet will say, I'll walk in their office and they'll have a stack of business cards on their desk. And that's like making them feel like they did their networking. You know, they went to an event, they got some contacts and they can show people I'm collecting cards, I'm meeting people. But as Cynthia said, it's consistency. You got to follow up with them. Maybe you're going to then go out to lunch with them or you're going to see them at the next event or you're going to shoot them an email or invite them out to some event or some seminar that you're going to and keep in touch. It's not a throw it up once and it comes back down and you win. Like Cynthia said, it's not a one night deal. So please keep that in mind when it comes to networking and don't get discouraged if you go to an event. 
and you really don't get to talk to anyone and it doesn't go that well, just go to another one. I mean, you have to just keep trying and keep working at it. So Cynthia, let's talk about that along those lines, specifically when you go to an event and you want to start to get some conversations going and you're someone that maybe is an introvert, like a lot of engineers, and you're not that comfortable and it's a new space. What are some recommendations that you can make with regards to kind of starting conversations? There's two strategies that work really well in this scenario. One is you can walk up to a group, which some people are intimidated by. Others find it easier to join a conversation that's going. If you're going to walk up to a group, you want to look at the body language. You want to see that people are happy. They're having fun. They're not scrowling and negative like, ah, this sucks. Because you don't want to go there. You want to go where people want to have people join them. When you walk up to the group, you want to walk into it so that you're in it hip to hip. The big mistake people make who don't know is they stand back and they don't actually join the conversation. They're waiting for permission. So it's getting up into the group. I see. So not being timid and sitting back, go in, get in there. Right. And then don't expect them to stop the conversation just because you arrived. You know, if Anthony, you and I are talking and they can go up to a pair that's talking and we're talking and laughing and somebody rocks up, they don't say, oh, hi, I'm Joe. I'm happy to be here. Let me take over the conversation because they're interrupting our conversation. Now, we may want to finish the sentence or two that we're on, or we may turn immediately to them, but that's our option. That's not the person who's doing the conversations option. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does make sense because I do think sometimes that have people walk in and they're like, okay, is everything going to stop for me or what's going to happen? Right. Let's roll out the red carpet, get the horns going. Ah, you've arrived. It doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. Right. So you can listen in on the conversation and see where you can try to add value when the time's right. Absolutely. And I would say things like I'd be listening to the conversation and say, oh, well, my name's Cynthia and da, 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 da. And I would add that way. So I would introduce myself in the process. If somebody comes up to you when you're in a conversation and they're trying to join, what's really nice is to turn to them and say, oh, we're talking about taxes and then go back to the conversation. So you give them a little framework about what you're talking about. So that's just a polite thing. Yeah. You're inviting them in kind of and making them feel welcome. and Without losing the rhythm of the conversation. That way it's more fluid. You can include them. It feels nicer. And people, you know, when they're judging you, they judge real fast, actually. And it's based on how they feel about you. And so when you come up and you're polite and you're happy and you're excited to be part of it and you know how to listen as well as to contribute, that's a much better impression than just barging in and, hey, I'm here, you know. Do you recommend that people have goals for an event? Like in other words, I could just show up to an event, but maybe I say to myself, I want to meet a couple of people or I want to meet this person or does that, any thoughts on that? I'm a huge goal person. And I would actually, I encourage people to meet just two or three people at an event because when you go for 10, then you just become like, you go surface, you don't get depth. And the best thing you can do is get hooks into people. So you got to find out some personal information, which takes time. So I always set a goal for two to three people. I would recommend they follow up with people they've already met or they might know. So it's like you do two or three new, you see the people that you knew before. And before I go to events, I also encourage people to think about what could they learn that would be beneficial? Is there a challenge they've got? Is there a referral they're looking for? And now you don't go up to someone brand new and say, hi, I need business. Can you give me business? Because I don't know who you are and I'm not going to refer business to a stranger. But you could say, I'm looking to learn more about this type of technology or this application, or I'm looking to, you know, and go in with that type of an agenda, which increases the odds you're going to meet the right people for your answers. 
Yeah, that's great. And that comes back to what you talked about earlier, whereas if this is more or less a team effort from beyond your company's behalf and you talk to your supervisor and say, you know, we really want to get to do some of this kind of work in this geographic location, let's go to events and look for consultants that are in that space or that have a certain expertise. And you can say something like, I'm trying to get involved locally, we're working on certain kinds of projects and I'm looking to meet other consultants in the area. You're not asking for business. That's like kind of how you're introducing yourself and your involvement and getting involved. And like Cynthia said, once you put that message out there, people start to say, oh, you know what? I saw some guy over there. He was involved with this instrument that you might want to talk to him. And that kind of opens some roads for you. So I think that's a great idea. Keep it simple as far as don't go crazy with 10 people. Keep it to two or three people so you can get deep with the conversation. You can get to know people. And like Cynthia said before, you can kind of build that personal friendship so that people trust you and they get to know you. And then when it comes time that they need someone in certain fields, like, oh, I remember I met Anthony a while back. He was talking about some equipment they were using. Maybe I should give him a call and see if we can talk about it or something like that. Well, the other thing that happens too, Anthony, is if I meet you and we stay in touch and I go to the next meeting and you're chatting up somebody and I go to see my friend, Anthony, you're more likely to introduce me to whoever you're talking to. So now I'm meeting new people without even having to do a lot of work because my friend Anthony is introducing me to who he's talking to. So it's like, it just starts building. The most challenging meeting is the first one. But once you get there, it can just spin out. Yes. Which again, speaks to that consistency, right? The more you show up, the more people you get to know. And then you got like that circle of kind of friends and influence that's growing. And really when it comes back to one of the first things we talked about is when you get involved in these associations and you get a leadership position, that's like the best thing because then people are actually coming to you for questions and they want to know about the organization and you're maybe leading an event or you're leading some initiative and people are saying, I know Cynthia, she put on that event that was a great networking event. And that's how you start to build like this expertise and this profile with people that they know you and they remember you. And I talk to a lot of engineering CEOs and executives, and they always tell me that a big impact in their career was not joining associations, but getting actively involved in the leadership of them. That was the next thing I was going to bring up, Anthony. And so when you are a younger engineer and you go in, you may not be able to go straight into leadership. So what you do is you do the research to figure out which is the committee where the people you want to meet exist. So if you're doing it based on geographics, you want to go to a geographic one. If there's an area of expertise, you want to work on that project. So you may not be leading yet, but you become a trusted peer. And that's by you keep showing up, you volunteer, you do your work. People will judge you based on if you volunteer, do you do the work as promised in a timely way? Once you become known as someone who gets the work done, more doors will open up for you. Absolutely. And you'll start to move up on the volunteer kind of board or whatever the, your association might have. And you can move pretty fast too once you get that reputation going. The key is to say yes to something and then do the work. And I think also along the lines of what you said before, Cynthia, about when you go to an event, maybe it's two or three people. I think also don't spread yourself too thin with a bunch of different associations and groups like we talked about before. Try to get some depth. If you can become a leader in one of the groups, you'll probably get a lot more out of that than if you're kind of just a periphery or a paper member along a bunch of different groups. Would you agree with that? Totally. If you're a paper member, you're not going to get any of the relationship value because you're not there to show up. If you just show up and you just do the monthly meetings or whatever, you can get a little traction, but it's once you start serving together, you know, you can be really strategic on where you serve and it just breaks down boundaries because it's no longer you and this person who you want to have as a mentor or you and this person who might be a client or whatever. It's you guys are working together on a common goal. And so you become one of the team in their eyes. And it's a very different game than the person who just shows up. Because if you just keep showing up and you don't do anything, you're not really part of the family, if you will. 
Yeah, that's that's important because uh, again, these are things people won't wouldn't know. When you join an association, you join it to join it because a lot of people tell you you should join it. A lot of people just become paper members, at least to begin with, because that's all they know. But hopefully, if they get some coaching or some guidance, like hopefully Cynthia is providing here through the podcast, you can start to take some of these steps and increase it. And really, like Cynthia said, if you create this good reputation where you're showing up and you're volunteering, listen, things open up because not everyone can volunteer. So they'll be quick to look for people like you that have that reputation and they'll be able to move you up and give you relatively big tasks quickly, sometimes maybe quicker than you'd like. But the point being is you're not going to get that if you don't show up. So I know you've written extensively on networking and other association type topics. How did you get so involved with the networking aspect of these of associations? I know you're involved in associations in general, but what was it that made you interested in networking or helping people with that? You know, I didn't really have a choice. I'm a third generation volunteer leader. And so I was volunteering when I was in diapers. <laughs> you know, it's just, it was a way of life. And my dad, he was in marketing and he was very much on the power of socially interacting with people and how you can leverage that. So it's just been a second language for me all my life. And breaking it down into simple steps was an interesting process because I just go there and then to take it down and slow it down. And you know, it takes practice. I was shy when I was growing up and I used to be on the 10 second delay. You know, you'd say something to me and it's like, oh, you're a good looking guy. Oh my God. Think for 10 seconds about what I'm going to say and then respond after you've moved on like to a different topic. So even being trained in it, it was still like I had to work through the nerves, work through being shy. It's painful in some ways. It's, it's more painful in your mind than actuality. And it's like that scary thing. And so, you know, you've heard that thing about if you and I go to a party and I think it's going to rock and you think it's going to suck, at the end of the night, we're both right. You have a horrible time and I have a great time. Same thing is true with networking. If we're going to a chapter event and you're like, oh, I hate people. I don't like talking to them. It's going to be rough. And if you go there and you think, well, you know what? There's some neat people that I'm going to meet and I just got to meet like two of them. I can do this. I'm going to have fun. And you'd be amazed at the difference it makes. I keep going back to the thing you said about sitting down with your supervisor and getting a plan because again, that can change your approach and your mental approach when you go to an event as opposed to saying, oh, I don't like dealing with people and going out in the public. Now you're saying to yourself, well, we have to move into this geographic region. We have a plan and I've got to meet people, right? So you're kind of putting a little bit of a, a positive pressure on yourself to go out and do that. And I'm assuming, Cynthia, some of the stuff you just said, like the delay, 10 seconds, like these are things over time that when you work at it, the way that you can overcome that is to work at it. Absolutely. And just that fear thing, if you think about the top three fears in our country, right? It's the fear of rejection, fear of talking to strangers, and the fear of public speaking. So when you put those three together, it's networking events. You go in there, you feel like you're going to die. You don't want to talk to strangers. It's public speaking. What am I going to do? And so when you go through that and you just realize, oh my God, this is just funny. We all do this. And just focus on the two. And the other thing that I find helps is when they are willing to focus on what can I take back? So it's not only I'm going to meet, which I all oh, I've got this mission. It's also looking for content to like the little gem of the meeting. Because every meeting always has at least one or two gems where it's a conversation where somebody does a line and you're like, ah, oh, that's exactly what I needed to learn. Or here's something I've never thought of before. And you include those into your report to your supervisor, your boss as well. And you get start, you're building a reputation internally that's different than most of your peers. 
But again, you have to kind of think in that way, right? You got to be on that path, like you said, and keep thinking about the networking and the positive aspects of it because it's scary. It is scary. I mean, listen, it's scary for everyone, especially you know, younger engineers or engineers in general, technical professionals. It's going to be scary, but you need to try to get out there, push yourself, broaden your horizons. That's what's going to help you with anything that you're afraid of in your career, quite frankly. But this being one thing that can really drive success in your career. On both sides. And here's a little, a little thing as well. People who are involved in associations love younger members. And so when someone who's younger shows up, it's like candy to people who've been around for a while. And they are so excited that you're showing up and you just got to meet a couple people and you'll find that person who becomes like your sponsor in the chapter. And so don't underestimate how excited and how much they want you to be involved. You're a very desired and sought after type person because they need that, they want it. And a lot of people who are established professionals love to be attached to someone who's a young professional. It's fun to remember the new ways and looking through new eyes. That's also fun to mentor people. So there's a lot going on there that really sets the path for someone who's scared and new and you know hesitant to realize that they're walking in and people are excited to meet them before they cross the door. I have Cynthia Diamore here with me. We're going to take a break for a minute and then come back and wrap it up with kind of give you one action step that you can take to start to improve your networking. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Cynthia, but we are not done with Cynthia yet. We're about to hear a little bit more from her. We're going to have her kind of wrap this up and drive this episode home for you with some final parting words and an action step that you could take here in our Take Action segment. However, before we do that, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. One of the biggest pieces of advice I can provide to engineers is to get your professional license as early as possible. It's a practical way to advance your career, earn more money, and set yourself apart. To learn more about the exams, including invaluable exam tips, check out PPI's resource centers for the FE and PE exams. It's a one-stop hub for all the information you need to register, prepare for, and ultimately pass your exam. Visit ppitopass.com forward slash resources to learn more. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com forward slash resources. And if you need exam prep materials, use promo code TECH on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code TECH, T-E-C-C, which stands for the Engineering Career Coach. All right, we're back with Cynthia D. Moore. We're doing our Take Action Today segment now. This is the end of the show. You've heard us talk about getting involved in associations. You've heard us talk about networking. We know it's a challenging thing for many engineers and technical professionals. So we want to just give you a way to start, give you an action item. Cynthia, what do you have? What can we give people out there just to get started, get themselves going? I think the thing is, as you go look at the associations you belong to, figure out which one appeals to you the most that you think you're going to get the most value to or value from and go put it on your calendar. And then set up that appointment with your supervisor or boss to do this as a tag team so that you're putting out interest, you're showing initiative. I mean, this is so fabulous for your job. Before you even walk through the door, you're going to get benefits. I love that. So take a look at your current associations. If you're not in any, pick one that makes sense for you to join, join it, and then make it a point to sit with your supervisor and say, listen, I've been involved with this association for a while. I'm thinking it's beneficial for us if I kind of amp up my involvement. And I wanted to maybe have a little bit of a strategy meeting with you. I think like Cynthia said, right there, you're a winner already before you even go to a meeting. But 
of course, if you meet with your supervisor, you come up with a plan, you're going to be really bought in to executing it and bringing real results back to your firm. So Cynthia, thanks for the time today. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of where our listeners can find you, maybe find some of your books and get some of this information because it's really great. Oh, thanks. The best thing I can do is go to peoplepowerunlimited.com and that's all spelled out and there's all sorts of stuff there for them to check out. That'll help them to be a successful chapter volunteer leader to help them keep going up to the next level. Thank you, Cynthia. You've taken a lot of what we try to talk about here in the podcast and I think we're not saying it's easy, but I think you've simplified some of the processes and given some action items that people can take to really maximize their networking efforts. So thanks again for doing that. You're welcome. Thanks for having me here, Anthony. All right. Well, if you're thinking, how can you start to networking? How can you get some of the skill building around networking? I want to share with you one way that you can do that right now. Remember earlier in the show, I mentioned how we've created a new program called the Engineering Management Accelerator Workshop which combines intensity, focus, and accountability. Well, it's intense because it's a five-week online program, mostly done outside of working hours. You'll focus because you'll be put on a team with other engineers. You'll be given an engineering management problem, and then we'll give you five one-hour skill-building calls on skills like communication, networking, like we just talked about, productivity, and leadership, and more. There's also open coaching calls with your group and we'll put you in a private forum with your team and a coach and you'll sprint and you'll find a solution to the problem that we give you. Then for accountability, you'll present your solution at the end of the program to our coaches and also to your company once you are finished. This is not only accountability, but it's a huge opportunity because the problems that we give you may generate real solutions for your company while helping you become an effective engineering manager and improving your speaking skills. I have met way too many engineers that haven't been able to make that engineer to manager leap, and this program is built to change that. In fact, you should see what the teams in the first session are coming up with. I just spoke to one of their companies today. He's starting to hear about the presentation and can't wait to watch it. So please visit engineertomanager.com to enroll for our next session. Spots are limited and we sold out our last session in just a few days. Also on the website, you will see a tab for company reimbursement where you can download a one-page PDF and some text that you can send with it to your boss in an email and you'll probably get reimbursed. 90% of our students have. Again, it's engineertomanager.com. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash simple networking. That's all lowercase, no spaces, simple networking, where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. We did mention Cynthia's books, but I also want to quickly mention How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie and Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, two of the most notable books on networking. If you go to the URL, engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash simple networking, you can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and will respond if you leave us one. Until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.